Welcome, Bird Gang, and Happy New Year. That's right, the new league year is here, meaning all reported signings, trades can now be announced. The free agency period officially starts. In other words, a lot is happening, and we do our best to cover it all on today's show. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 544, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Got my computer here, MJ. The phone is charged. I'm ready. Whatever moves are made, we will have it right here as my Twitter timeline is just exploding as the new league year is officially upon us. Craig, we made it. Yes, we did. Happy New Year. (laughs) Weren't sure we're going to get here. Although I'll say this, it was not as loud, if you will, the build-up to this Wednesday, March 16th. It seems, at least from the Cardinals' perspective, MJ, it's been a little bit slow as far as moves with respect to outside moves. And they made it a priority to re-sign their own. Zach Ertz, James Conner, Colt McCoy, Dennis Gardeck, and now Max Williams, which we can get into here momentarily. But Cardinals so far have only dipped their toes into the waters, re-signing their own free agents. Yeah, and, and again, I think they're going to let their powder dry a little bit and let the market kind of set itself. And there's still some good players out there, obviously the top players. And a lot of those top players don't get to free agency because they got the franchise tag. So I'm sure they have a plan. And the thing is, um, let the money come down. Let guys like James Conner bet on themselves, come in here and play well for a year so. But, but I'm really excited about Max Williams just because we know what he meant to this offense uh, the last couple of years. You know, he was on the final year of a four-year contract making, you know, close to four or five million. But I really like it from a 12-personnel standpoint. You got the perfect blocker. He can release. He can give you an extra blocker on the line. And then you got Ertz in the open field. So I think we're going to see a lot more 12 personnel and, you know, that's something I think Cliff's going to lean on. And you can run the ball out of that formation also. And they want to drop another guy in the box. That's going to run up play action on the outside. Two tight ends, 12 personnel, something the Cardinals have done a lot, but 11 personnel with this one tight end on the football field. 56% of the time last year. We'll see if that number increases or we do see more of – Max Williams and Zach Ertz on the field at the same time. More on that in a moment, though, because remember, last offseason, it was J.J. Watt. And in fact, two years ago to the day was the first reports of DeAndre Hopkins being acquired. It wasn't official until four days later. So I understand if there's a little, I don't know, angst is the right word, but maybe a little impatience from the bird game because we're waiting for that big moment that big signing, and I don't know if it's going to come, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, there's teams that have a lot more money than the Cardinals. Um, you know, as, as I said, the coaches want to win this year, like every year. GM has to look ahead. You know, this this free agent class, a lot of quality names, but nobody reset the market. And you're seeing, you know, pass rushers get paid $17, 18000000 a year, like Chandler Jones. So, um 
again, just Steve's done a good job. You know, sometimes he'll add a lineman. Maybe after all, um, the first off-season workouts, just kind of show up a certain position. But I think you know, at certain positions, they are too deep now. Um, but they would like, still like to add. But let the market settle. And you know what I always tell people? Okay, we are always looking for that shiny new toy. You wake up on Christmas, oh, I want this toy. Judge the roster in September. But we, but see, that's, I get that. And we're all guilty of it because in the midst of the season, it's hard to kind of enjoy where you are. You're always looking for what's next. And you, it's, you're looking for that destination. I always say, well, enjoy the journey because it's the journey that makes it more fun as far as reaching your destination. But we're creatures of, What's happening in the moment? That's how we react as human beings. Couldn't agree more. Well said. What I'm saying is we're going to enjoy the process, but it's a very fluid situation. You got free agency, and then you got the draft, and then you got the undrafted free agents, and then there's going to be some guys that are going to have to take one-year deals. So I just think, trust me, I, I'm I'm happy that the NFL uh, season has officially started for the 2022 season, but I'm just saying you can't accomplish everything in five or six days it takes it but i'm going to enjoy the process we do play by play when it comes to transactions and you know who's out there that can help this team no i'm going to enjoy it i'm just saying we got to judge this team when they get to training camp and see what they continue to add and hopefully no injuries where it's a setback remember james connor was a late or a later free agent addition so he turned was, out to be one of the best players on offense, one of the best signings in the entire season a year ago. A.J. Green was also one of those later signings as well. And, yes, he did not have a great season postseason as far as how the season ended, but his numbers overall were very, very good. I saw this, and this was something that ESPN's Field Yates tweeted late Tuesday. Nine teams had not yet agreed to a deal with an outside free agent. The Cardinals were one of those nine teams, and I believe that's now down to maybe eight teams because the Seahawks no longer qualify. They've added a couple of outside free agents, but the Rams made the list, the Commanders, Cowboys, Falcons, Packers, Patriots, and Saints. So it does seem it's not just an Arizona Cardinals thing. It does seem like across the league that there is a little bit of a – I don't know. It's not. It's it's a little bit slower than in typical years, but it might be to what you had pointed out as far as just this free agent class overall, as far as who's available, and then did they really want to seek employment elsewhere? Did they really want to go somewhere else? The Cardinals right now, again, you've locked up. You've figured out the tight end position. You've got your number one running back. You've figured out the backup quarterback position, but there are still three major issues with this roster as we speak here mid-March. Edge rusher, you brought it up, Chandler Jones, according to reports, on his way to the Las Vegas Raiders. Cornerback, this team needs another starter. And number two, wide receiver, who is going to be A.J. Green in this offense this coming season. That is what is still needed in this Cardinals offense and defense. Well, you look at the Jaguars, they spent $260 million, $156 million in guaranteed money. Now, clearly they're a team that has a lot of money and they need players. So the teams that have a lot of money, they're going to make, they're gonna win the offseason. The Patriots last year went out and spent a ton of money. And, yes, they, they, they didn't get into the playoffs, but you can win the, the offseason. This is not an overhaul. Some of these teams, it's an overhaul. 
And and some of these teams will just wait for the market to dry up, and then guys will take a one-year deal. So this is more just adding more talent to the roster, but this is not an overhaul like some of the other teams we're seeing because, A, they want to sell tickets, they want to win, but the Cardinals, to me, are, are, are one of the top four or five teams in the conference, and they're going to continue to add to this roster. And the whole idea is to win more games and finish the season much stronger than I have in the past. It's a good point because spending does not equal wins on Sunday. Last year, the Jaguars were, I think, the top five most active and doling out money in the offseason a year ago. And they've, over the last seven, eight years, have been one of those teams that spend a lot of money and then just they haven't done much. And, yeah, $260 million dollars. <laughs> for seven players, including Christian Kirk. Congratulations to him. But that's <laughs> – you hope if you're that franchise, yeah, win the offseason. But winning the offseason is not the regular season. Do you want that trophy in March, April, and May? Or do you want that trophy in February? And everyone would say, I want it in February. So, yes, prisoner of the moment, things are a little slow around Cardinals HQ, if you will. But I do think the Cardinals and the Cardinal fans should be happy with who is going to be in a Cardinals uniform next season as far as Ertz, Connor, McCoy, Gardeck, and Max Williams. Getting those players back, we think, are key. Now, is that the end all? No, it's not. But those are key. And we brought this up earlier in the week here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. When we discussed Zach Ertz agreeing to terms, we noted that Max Williams had tweeted, tagging Ertz with three straight big eye emojis, does this mean we are going to have to run it back together? And with a bunch of question marks, exclamation points, he was he went all out on the punctuation. On Monday, what did Max Williams know that we did not, Mike Jarecki? Because Max Williams has made it official on this Wednesday, March 16th. He is re-signed for the Arizona Cardinals, a one-year contract, and very excited about that. Yeah, and uh, Max was in the building today. He continues to rehab. I'm sure he's much ahead uh, of process, and we'll just have to wait and see how much he does. But, yeah. Um, I think there's a plan all along, and you know we know this team had, has taken care of players that have ACL injuries in the past, AQ Shipley, Corey Peters, and so you know once you um, you know you you run this respect in the building, they're willing to take care of you. And he wasn't looking to break the bank. Um, I'm sure, you know, after Zach Ertz is off the board and some of these other tight ends, maybe his phone was ringing. And we always say the grass isn't greener on the other side. The injury, though, to Max Williams. Remember, he was having his best start to his career, one of his better years of his career before that season-ending knee injury in Week 5. That game happened early in the season. Is he going to be ready for the start of this upcoming season? You would think, based off of what people have done as far as rehabbing previous ACL injuries, but every player, every person is different. You hope that he is ready week one. You would think, based off the timeline, he would be ready. But let's kind of pump the brakes until we, one, hear from him, and then, two, see him on the football field. Yeah, hopefully, and the Cardinals do a good job once they, uh, you know, sign players, whether it's their own players or bring someone in. Uh, depending on their value, uh, they should make them available. But, you know, he's if he's still rehabbing and, you know, like you said, everyone's different, but I, I don't know how much we're going to see in offseason workouts. Maybe, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i not assuming he's going to be on PUP, but just 
kind of like Hop, just put him in a bubble till we get to late in training camp. I would not want to see him playing any preseason games, but he's got to get into football shape, and he takes care of his body. And, you know, uh, Brett Fisher does a great job. Um, if these guys are not able to get to the facility, he has a facility, he works for the team. So there's options out there. And Chad uh, Cook, who obviously was part of the Dennis Gardeck um, rehab, he's with these guys daily. And, you know, Buddy Morris, you know, they'll obviously work in the weight room to see how much he can do. The good news is that, you know, he's he's post-surgery and now he's on his road to recovery. Let's kind of forecast and play head coach, if you will, as far as what this offense potentially could look with not just one tight end, but two. And I don't know, you've covered this team a number of years. Having one tight end, let alone two tight ends, that the quarterback, whether that was Carson Palmer, whether that was Kurt Warner, whether that was Jake Plummer, how far back do you want to go, Mike Jarecki, when this team had a legitimate star-studded tight end room, not just one, but two or two capable players within an offense. This is the first time for me. Um, you know, they had Robert A. Walt and they had Jay Novacek, and those guys moved on. You know, I did like the signing of Freddie Jones. Um, they drafted Johnny McWilliams from USC. He held out, kind of got behind the eight ball. They brought in John Carlson. But for the most part, it's just in Arians' offense, they really weren't targeted a lot. They're asked to use more blockers. Wisenhunt, you know, Steven Spock had a great catch. Who had a great catch, and they broke his leg, I want to say. But he made that huge third down play. So, no, if you want to talk too deep, this is the best we have covered since they've been here. And you would think now that you have Ertz six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds, Max Williams six foot four, two hundred and fifty two pounds. And let's again, let's assume that Max Williams is a hundred percent ready to go week one against whomever that is, home or away. I would expect and maybe more Zach Ertz than Max Williams, but I would like to see both of those players on the field at the same time, more times than not. Because I do think Ertz, they're similar, yet I think their differences are so unique because Ertz is more the pass catcher, especially if you want to line him up in the slot, come across the middle. Max Williams, three, put his you know hand in the dirt a little bit, block, and then release, and then all of a sudden you've got another offensive weapon to maybe that number two wide receiver. You can be a little bit more patient here in free agency, or if nothing materializes, you gain that wide receiver in the draft, and you've got two young players along with DeAndre Hopkins, probably not ideal, but just focusing on the tight end position on what this offense could look like with Cliff, with Cliff Kingsbury now having a full offseason knowing that he's got both of these tight ends. Yeah, and, 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 and I would say that, you know, 11 personnel, I think it's prevalent maybe 70% in the league where three wide, and they're looking to, to, to obviously target your second and third corner. But you know, I still think if Cliff, they can get another wide receiver where it's in the draft or free agency, you know, a taller receiver that can take the top off the defense, he's still going to go run, run four wide. And then you have the option of putting, you know, Connor in the backfield and splitting him out or see pass protection, safety net, you know, throw the little screen pass to the right or the left. But, yeah, Cliff's going to have his options. I don't think he's going to have to look down on his call sheet and go, okay, um, we can't run the ball. They're they're putting pressure on Kyler. I think he's going to have his options, 11, 12, and 10 personnel. Spread them out or let's play big boy football. 
two tight ends. And it doesn't mean you can't run out of that. Like I said, you can have Max as kind of an eye candy where you have to defend him, but line up and run the football. Remember those first four games with a healthy Max Williams, 30-plus points, 400-plus yards of offense, and wins over the Titans, Vikings, Jaguars, and Rams. And the offense, yeah, it still was able to move up and down the field, but not like we saw in those first four weeks of the season. And it did not get talked enough about the loss of Max Williams because we all look at the stats. What did you do? How many catches? How many targets? Did you score a touchdown? And the loss of Max Williams is something that doesn't always show up in the stat sheet. But when you watch the film, you realize that this offense took a step back, even with Zach Ertz on the football field. Now, some of that second half of the season was because of no D-hop on the other side. But Max Williams was a key part of this offense just because you could keep him on the field for every single snap. And, and he, they're going to have the luxury where they, you know, these guys are not going to wear down because, and, and you know, how well, I do think they're going to draft a tight end. I think I've been redundant, beat a dead horse, how deep it is. You know, that guy, I, normally they dress three on game day, and usually that guy's going to have to play on special teams. But, you know, they'll bring in six guys to camp, and so you have, they'll have plenty of time to kind of give Zach and, and Max Williams some veteran days off. Not so much during the regular season, but in training camp, just to see what you find in the, in a young uh, tight end. And again, we'll see if they bring Darrell Daniels back or Demetrius Harris. But the, the, you know, the tight end position. Larry told me a couple of years ago what the NFL's become. It's become running backs on linebackers, and it's become tight ends on linebackers and safeties. And he said it's hard to cover in the open field if you get a guy that can stretch the field and go down the seam. Larry said that's the biggest difference when he's been in the league to where it's about matchups and you want to spread teams out. And, and again, you also want to, you know, draw that third or fourth corner because you, you like to take your chances there. Well, you line up Zach Ertz in the slot. Now all of a sudden is that your second corner or is that your third corner? And then do you have a corner that can body up a Zach Ertz. I'm going to say no. There is not a corner out there that is going to be able to handle Zach Ertz in the open field as far as his height, his strength, and then his ability to run after the catch. We saw that in that first game against the Houston Texans as we caught the ball coming across the middle and then down the left sideline for the touchdown. I think we're going to see a lot more of that and maybe Max Williams more underneath. Use Zach Gertz as someone that can stretch the field, Max Williams a little bit more underneath. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And, again, I think they want to play, um, you know, big boy football. I mean, I know that the analytics say, you know, you run the ball to set up the pass, but they're going to have options here. I mean, they, they could just play big boy football and, you know, we're going to run the ball and if you want to put seven or eight guys in a box, we're going to take advantage of these matchups in the secondary, whether it's the third or fourth corner. Again, this is all a projection, hoping that at least Max we, Williams is healthy. At least we have a small sample. Yes. 11 games, and we've watched Max for the last couple of years. So, to me, plug-and-play guys, and to answer your question, this is the, probably the best one-two punch they've had since 1988 when they moved here. I think that speaks volumes in how it's up to the coaching staff to put those pieces in place to be the 
most successful on the football field. Now, we do know this. With the return of Max Williams, the social media game has increased because what Max was able to do when he was not playing from his living room or wherever he was, the tweets on game day. And then how about this tweets? And this was from Tuesday night. Max Williams, in the midst of the legal tampering period and hours before the starts, the official starts of free agency. His tweets, quote, Everyone is so worried about who is signing with who and who is getting paid what. I'm locked in with hashtag Bachelor Nation trying to see if my man Clayton finds love. <laughs> Best of luck tonight, man. And then he tagged Clayton Etchard, tagged Bachelor ABC. <laughs> One, it's a solid tweet, solid post. <laughs> Two, did not know Max Williams was such a fan of The Bachelor. How much of that was the influence of his wife? Who knows? Probably. But I'm going to say more of the latter as well. But Yeah, I used to watch that show and then I just Really? Yeah. Oh, you know, okay. when you have you know, a friend over and you know, you're dating her and all that other stuff, I mean you have to commit. I just can't watch football all the time and so I would just sit there and and I watch Big Brother, but I haven't watched oh those in years. Oh, my goodness. This is like reality television, and we're getting breaking news here on Cardinals Football, Cover Football is the best reality show out there, though. Sport, that is, that sports are, because you think you know and you don't know. It looks good on paper, but <laughs> the game is not played. That's why they play the game. On paper. So maybe we're going to have to get you and Max Williams in the same room, and you can break down the No, I haven't no. watched that. Oh, okay. I, I, would, I wouldn't know what I'm talking about. The truth comes out here on Cardinals <laughs> Cover 2. All right, so – I guess we got to mention Chandler Jones. What a great Cardinals career. I mean, you can't say enough about the guys. Um, I think he's a great person off the field, obviously a great locker room guy. And I think Dennis Gardick hit on it like what he said is, you know, there were times when he would crack jokes, but there were times when he would say, hey, we all got a job to do. Let's go out there and do it. It is going to be a loss in that locker room, to your point about what Dennis Gardeck discussed about Chandler Jones when he addressed the media earlier on Wednesday as far as Chandler Jones being that guy that could really lighten the mood and keep things kind of even keel keep when needed. Light. And then once the game kicks off, then you've got work to do. And Gardeck was quick to point out that it was Chandler Jones and the unfortunate injury to Jones in New York against the Jets, he tears his bicep, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, what are you going to do? Let's try this special teams player and see what he can do. And Dennis Gardak went out there, got two sacks, and the first person or among the first people to really congratulate Gardak, according to Gardak, Chandler Jones. Well, deal knowing that he's going to be out for this season. So it was a great opportunity, and that's what you like. When someone goes down, you want someone to step up, and then what do they do when they step up? And Dennis Gardak was able to do that. But that was 2020. Now, in 2021, Gardak had zero sacks. He said the ACL injury was not a factor, and he did acknowledge that it was something that he thought about, playing on that injured knee or that rehab knee. But it is another addition in that outside linebacker's room, more specifically for special teams. But we'll see just how much more we see maybe Gardak playing some edge rusher. But Losing Chandler Jones, who according to reports is on his way to the Las Vegas Raiders, that is going to be a huge hole. I was kind of out on an island, MJ, that I wanted him back, and I do think that if the reports are accurate, $17 million a season, that's acceptable to me, even though Jones is going to be 32 
when the season begins. Now, in fact, he's already 32. He just celebrated a birthday a couple he, of weeks ago. Yeah, February. Um, so is it a three or a four year deal? Three year deal. Fifty one million yes. total. If it was afforded, I don't know if he would see that. Kind of like Clayus Campbell, four years, sixty million, thirty guaranteed. It'd be interesting what the bonus was. I, I, you know, I thought the further the process went, Cardinals had an opportunity. But you know, when you when you start connecting dots, and when you look at Randy Gregory going to Denver and some Khalil Mack going to uh, the Chargers, all of a sudden, it sounded like the Colts, Jets, Bills. And obviously the Raiders had interest, so he played it smart. Um, you don't want to take the first offer, and I don't think he ever considered taking a one-year deal to prove himself. So they had to come with you know with cash. And again, <laughs> you look at that division. Uh, I think we're going to see a ton of primetime games, but it's just they got they got the quarterbacks in that division. But now you, and they got the wideouts and the and, and the skill position players and the offensive lines. But man, they got some pass rushers and corners and linebackers. I mean, it, you would think it's going to be a shootout, but it's probably going to be one of those situations where if you don't turn the ball over, you're probably going to win. But it's going to be interesting. And Chandler Jones, he has what nineteen? How many? How many sacks does he have? He has sacked. I know where you're going. He has sacked Russell Wilson more than any other. Okay. As far as quarterbacks that he has brought down, I can't remember the number off the top of and my head. And the other other guy is um, uh, Cameron Hayward. I think he sacked him 19 times. Cameron Hayward sacked uh, – uh, he has 23. On one particular quarterback? Yeah. That's – it's incredible. <laughs> I like that, what our former colleague, once upon a time, Kyle Odegaard, had a tweet – just when Russell Wilson thought he was done with Chandler Jones, <laughs> think again because that AFC West, quarterbacks, wide receivers, edge rushers, that's going to be a fun division to watch. And while we're excited and happy for Chandler Jones, one, glad he's not in the conference if he's not wearing a Cardinals uniform. Uh, certainly glad he's not in the division, but he, the Cardinals will see him. Yeah, he did the Cardinals mention the will 40, see him. He did mention the 49ers. Yeah, that would not have been good. <laughs> Seahawks, 49ers, or Rams? Yeah, that would no, that, that no. would not have not, not have been. This good. is interesting because you know, um, you know uh, Cardinals are going to play against some of the guys they had on the roster. Cardinals will play at the Raiders. Cardinals will also play at the Vikings. Jordan Hicks, according to reports, agreeing to terms on a two-year deal. So congratulations to him. You know, happy for these guys that get an opportunity to continue their careers. Certainly you'd like to be able to retain everybody, but it's just not feasible. But when you talk about good guys, Chandler Jones, Jordan Hicks, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds, good guys as far as success on the field – and off the field as well, being accountable, being uh, available as far as to us in the media and also to fans as well. But uh, if Chandler Jones is not going to wear a Cardinals uniform, then uh, by all means wear a uniform that's in the AFC, and maybe we only see him once every so often as opposed to twice a season or maybe once every year. Ring of honor? Absolutely. I don't think there's any question. He is the all-time sacks leader in franchise history. Six seasons. Couldn't agree more. Five of those seasons, double-digit sacks. I mean, it's a not a long tenure, but I do think in this day and age, there are the days of, you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven-year careers in the same uniform. That's becoming more less frequent 
because of the number of dollars that these players are making to where they don't need to keep going. Yeah, I, I just wonder because I think Anquan Bolden's worthy. I know Larry Centers is, is trying to make amends on some of his comments he made when he went to Washington. And then, you know, Chandler Jones. So, I mean, I know it's a prestigious and, and you have to obviously have, you know, um, a great career uh, with the Cardinals and all three of those guys fit the profile, but I, I think maybe Q could be next. Now, Carlos Dansby's still waiting. Yeah, you could also throw in Darnell Dockett as far as, yeah. you know, you look at that run that that draft class had and just under Dennis Green and then the strides that they made in reaching the Super Bowl. Calais Campbell at, one, at some point, I would think, would be someone that you could put into the ring of honor. Now, they're not going to be in the Ring of Honor while they're still active players. Correct. That but as far as, you know, when you're looking, again, we like to project here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We did it with the tight end position. We can do it with the Ring of Honor as well. And maybe there is an addition coming up this 2022 season. We'll have to wait and see. Some other roster moves with the Cardinals here as the new league year is underway. The team did release – Defensive lineman Jordan Phillips, which I don't think is a surprise to anybody. It's a $4 million-plus savings, but $9 million-plus in money, dead money, on the salary cap. But here I remember it because we discussed it a lot that offseason, but a huge free agent signing three years ago, or I should say a couple of years ago, and just never panned out. He wasn't healthy. Only played nine games this past season. In fact, he's only totaled five sacks in two seasons with the Cardinals compared to that 2019 season with the Bills, nine and a half sacks. And that's what we pointed to, that nine and a half number. Another potentially Aaron Donald as far as being a game wrecker in the middle. And he wasn't healthy and just couldn't stay on the football field. And when he was on the football field, just was not productive and didn't live up to that 2019 season with the Bills and didn't live up to the contract that he received from the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Vance Joseph went to bat for him. Uh, Brinson Buckner was the D-line coach, and he thought he could get him going. It just didn't happen, and obviously it's going to fall on Steve Kime. But the good news is they got out of the contract. Um, yes, yeah, $9 million, and there's teams that have 30 to $40 million in dead money. At least he's getting off the books. Um, I'll just say it was a huge disappointment, and there were times I really didn't care for. And I don't make it personal, but there was just times that I don't I didn't feel like he was engaged like he needed to be. Now, when he did come back, I thought he did a good job getting the crowd in the game, deflected balls. I mean, he's he he's got he's got the the body, but what's burning inside? Do you want to be good or do you want to be great? And there's there's a big difference. What's the motivation? Yes, and is it the money? Perhaps maybe he got paid and and then took his foot off the gas a little bit. And again, that that's the prerogative. And Cardinals rolled the dice there. You're not always going to pan out, but I, I'm just glad that they were able to cut ties with him. And you know, we'll see where he ends up. So that leaves seven defensive linemen on the roster at the moment. It is a position that I do think this team will address, probably in free agency, definitely in the draft, as far as finding someone with get their hand in the dirt and then really kind of be that run stuffer, if you will, some help in the middle along with the Rashard Lawrence and the J.J. Watt. The other move is the Cardinals added a young cornerback, 25-year-old Jeff Gladney, former first-round pick of the Vikings in 2020. He signs a two-year contract. Now, did not play 
last season. So I would not count this as a major move, more of a depth move. He was a starter with the Vikings in 2020, but in 2021, arrested in April for allegedly assaulting his former girlfriend in August. He was indicted and then released by the Vikings. Last week, he was found not guilty on a felony assault charge. And again, as I mentioned, did not play. He was out of the game last season, but getting a second chance here with the Cardinals. Curious, interested, 5'10", a buck 91, but certainly to me does not answer any of the questions as far as starting cornerback. I'd certainly like to see what he's able to do on the football field after not playing any football last season. Yeah, you know, we were at lunch and we got a chance to see him today. He's got good size. Um, he was outside eating. Of course, Craig and I were eating inside. Again, I, I would just flood the position. I know everyone's looking for a number one corner and you need be, a starting corner. I know. Right. But I'm just saying he could play inside and outside. And Cliff always says we, you know, we want to move Murphy around. And, and, you know, you know, based on Marco Wilson, this this young man may have more upside than Marco Wilson in the long run. I mean, we don't know. But hopefully they retain Robert Alford. But for the most part, um, just flood the position. And he could play inside and outside. So if they want – if Murphy's your slot – corner he'll be your backup I mean that's an upgrade over what they had as far as backing up Murphy as a slot corner I got gotcha. between Antonio Hamilton and Chase Whitaker and what was the guy's name Bortles uh Breon Borders Breon Borders I mean he he's he again he doesn't have the experience but I just think he he, he, he attacks the ball he's not afraid to tackle in the open field very similar uh, I would say a scouting report to Malcolm Butler will stick his nose in the fan on some of the run plays. So just depth, just flood the position. And, you know, I talked about I was kind of being tongue-in-cheek. Uh, there's two things they got to do. they got to get, you know, another wide receiver or two so they can run that 11 or 12 personnel or 10 personnel. And then they, they got to get some some um, some corners to cover these Rams receivers. So that that's what they need to do is, to me, the Rams are going to be the team to beat. Now, obviously, you're going to play 17 games, but I, I would think if you want to beat the team that won the Super Bowl last year, the two areas you got to get, you got to make sure you have enough receivers, and you got to make sure you have enough corners to cover them, because we know that you know, um, you know, Stafford's going to be able to exploit your weaknesses, and I think that showed in the last two games against the Cardinals. I'm going to take a wild guess that Gladney is very motivated and hopefully appreciative of a second opportunity, a second chance, which kind of leads me to what we heard from James Conner earlier in the week when he addressed the media and asked, I thought it was a, a, a legit question as far as motivation. Now that you've been paid, what's your motivation? And he had an answer that I don't think anyone else in the National Football League has. Quote, what motivates me is my second chance regarding being a cancer survivor. My motivation is doing it for everybody who can't do it. I'd like to be that hope for them, end quote. James Conner, we talk a lot about that mentality, that toughness that this team was missing prior to him arriving. Yes, he's tough on the football field, but what he went through off the football field, and as he mentioned in that press conference, still reminded of that battle. He's got scars in the front of his neck. So I do not think money will change James Conner. And you hope, again, what do you do with that second chance? What do you do with that opportunity? Whether it's a second opportunity or a third opportunity, what do you do 
and James Conner knocked down that door and then got rewarded for it. What does Jeff Gladney now do with this opportunity that the Cardinals have presented him? Yeah, I mean, when when he was exonerated, um, I know the Cardinals got on the phone, and I thought there'd be a bigger market out there for him. But you know, they had. I I'd be curious to see what kind of grade they had on him when they, when he was in twenty twenty. Yeah, just you know, because he was a first round pick, he's he's played in fifteen games. So I mean, there is some experience, but I I just like his upside. Looks like he's got good size, but I I couldn't agree more. And you know, I don't know all the details, but it just sounds like uh, somebody put him through the ringer. I mean, and I, I'm glad that the judicial system found him exonerated from there. But yeah, now he's got to look at football, and that should be his number one focus. Selected 31st overall in 2020, All Big Ten first team selection as a senior at TCU in 2019. So again, the Cardinals—they're really quote unquote first move outside as far as bringing an outside face to the organization, but we'll have to wait and see what happens when this team gets on the football field. By the way, this notes on James Conner. He will be a guest of the Big Red Rage this week, and depending on when you catch this episode of the Cardinals, Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, I invite you to go back into the archives and check out the podcast of this week because a sneak peek, and I did not know this, Mike Jarecki, probably you did, you know everything. Did you know Conner played defense at the University of Pittsburgh. Now, I did not know that. Apparently, it was just for one game against Bowling Green and the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl in 2013. And there's some YouTube clips that our producer, Jim Omohundro, found. But James Conner and Aaron Donald lining up on the same side of the line of scrimmage. <laughs> that was a sight. It's. I did not know that. We knew that they were teammates. Yeah. But the fact that at one time, at least for this one game, James Conner and Aaron Donald, Defensive lineman rushing the quarterback well, I think together. He, I think he made the right decision. Yes, I do think so, too. And Aaron <laughs> Donald did as well. By the way, the Big Red Rage on Thursday, 6 p.m. on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Of course, if you missed it live, go back into the archives, azcardinals.com, or you can go to your preferred podcast provider and search Big Red Rage. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Some other nuggets as far as the Cardinals are concerned. Comp picks have been announced. Cardinals gained an extra sixth and two-sevenths. So now eight total picks, one in each of the first three rounds, plus two in the sixth and three in the seventh round. But not the last pick of the seventh round. 49ers have Mr. Irrelevant. Thank you. And the Cardinals got back-to-back picks. 256 and 257, so and, not too far off from that 262. Yeah, and they're not going to trade down. <laughs> Can they you could, imagine that? They, they, could they traded tra- 257 for 262. No, items. they could trade up. Yes, you could package those and move up a just, little bit. Just to move up, maybe you had a six-round grade on the guy, and he's there in the seventh round. So, And curious to see what happens next year with Christian Kirk signing a nice contract and, and Chandler Jones. I mean, you would assume they're a third-round compensatory pick so you have your first 32 picks and then it falls into this formula the Ravens have been killing it Belichick's done a really good job um, I thought they would get more from Patrick Peterson but a lot of it's the formula based on who you lose and how much money they make so I'm hoping for two threes but I was reading it's possible Chandler could be a five a five and I don't I don't understand the formula there so I'm going to follow <laughs> up I'll, I'll, I'll check out um, the um, 
with the uh, over the cap guys they're they're really helpful when you send them a message so i'll find out but i'm hoping for two threes it's the one thing you know the salary cap can be confusing for a lot of people and i'll throw myself right there because i still don't know all the ins and outs but this compensatory pick formula (laughs) one it's secret no one really knows exactly but it weighs the number weighs the number of players (laughs) lost via free agency versus the number of free agents signed plus taking into account a player's salary playing time how successful they were and according to the national football league here is who the card now this is this the comp picks were based on the following for the cardinals who they lost dan arnold angelo blackson Kenyon Drake, Patrick Peterson, and Hassan Reddick. They lost more than that, but those were the five players focused in on this formula. Who the Cardinals gained? A.J. Green and Matt Prater. And remember, if you sign someone that wasn't a free agent, i.e. J.J. Watt, doesn't count in this formula. You acquire a player via trade. Doesn't factor into this formula. So, bottom line, just do what I do, MJ, and just wait for the announcement, the official announcement that the Cardinals have gained X number of picks, and the Cardinals now with eight, as do the Rams, as do the 49ers, the Seahawks, excuse me, Seahawks have eight, 49ers, Seahawks have eight, Rams have eight, 49ers with nine overall draft picks. Okay, Let me get that straight. I, I want to say that there's one team that has six compensatory picks, but I think the Rams and the Niners, because of their losing their coaches, they're going to get a couple more. The Rams received a total of, I believe, five compensatory picks based off who they lost and then the fact that you lose coordinator or a minority candidate becomes a head coach or a minority front office member becomes a general manager. So – that's another way you can get rewarded uh, by an extra draft pick come April. So now you've got these picks. You've got these eight selections. What do you do with them? Picks numbers 23, 55, 87. Those are rounds one, two, and three. And then the Cardinals do not pick again until 215. It's yeah. going to be a long well, wait. Well, I, I, now, if there's a pass rusher on there because they're expecting seven, if there's a corner on there, um, if there's a wide receiver – but it wouldn't surprise me if if Steve Kime traded down to try to get a third or a fourth round pick, you know, depending who's on there. Now, because usually when you're on the clock, they have at least three or four names, and then teams are calling, hey, uh, we like this guy. So then all of a sudden, I wouldn't go down too far because you definitely want to, um, you definitely want that fifth year option, you know. Because if the player pans out, then you definitely want him to be part of your future. So they're going to have some options. There's going to be a lot of time between now and April to kind of really dive into these draft prospects. But, again, what happens in free agency will dictate a little or a lot of what this team does in the draft, specifically at number 23. I still think they're going to double up on a receiver, hopefully in free agency, a veteran, maybe a 27-year-old, 28-year-old. Um, they're going to double up, possibly, uh, you know, maybe a, a mid-range, mid-tier um, pass rusher. So I would think wide receiver, edge rusher, and corner, and then maybe a, an interior offensive lineman. But I think they're going to double up based on eight draft picks and then what you do and then undrafted free agents. So I, I think based on what they do over the next couple of weeks, um, that will dictate. But they're, I think they're going to double up on certain positions. And then perhaps – 
focus on running back in the draft. Maybe you select a running back in the draft and tight end in the draft. Maybe those are positions that you don't try to double up between now and the draft. That, yeah. In free agency, you're done at running back. You're done at tight end. Couldn't agree more. Unless you're bringing back your own guy at no. the tight end position. No, I think they're set at running back. They'll bring six to camp. Maybe I would take a flyer on a guy on the third day and then look some undrafted free agents, maybe guys that didn't get a chance to play or they weren't invited to the combine, but they have a good pro day. Yeah, but I'm, I'm doubling up at certain positions. Now, day one, uh, the new league year here as we broadcast on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, Russell Wilson, because he had a press conference in Denver making all of the headlines. But I'll argue this. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay. Tom Brady back in Tampa Bay. Russell Wilson now in Denver. But the biggest move of free agency in 2022, two names. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman. They are officially the new Monday Night Football booth, broadcast booth for ESPN. That was made official earlier here on the new league year, now, March 16th. Now, Aikman, he was the first pick in the draft, but, I mean, yes. the, the salary cap wasn't what it is now. He's making more money doing what he does now than he when he played. Yeah, he made $55 million in his career. I'm sure he's made good he, money. I think he's Fox. doubled that just on this deal alone. $170 million total? Well, between the both of them, yeah. yeah. And their first, uh, the duel will be on September 12th. Correct. I could see a doubleheader of that game. Usually they try to go East Coast, West Coast. But they're saying Al Michaels is going to make $2 million per game. For Amazon? Yeah. Well, there's an opening now at Fox. The the shuffling in so the TV you, booth has you, been phenomenal. You 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 think they'll go for um, um, Sean Payton, or you think Greg Olson, or or because um, I think Kevin Burkhart does a good job. Um, Ian Eagle does a great job. He's on CBS. It'd be interesting. I just hope that Monday Night Football now becomes what we all grew up with, as far as being the game of the week. It was appointment viewing for me. It was six p.m. on the West Coast. East Coast, 9 p.m., you had to make sure you were in front of your television because for a lot of us, way back when, as we date ourselves, that was maybe one of two games that you got to see that week because there was a game on NBC or there was a game on CBS, and then you had to wait until Monday for Monday Night Football. So I hope that the Monday Night schedule is good because you've got arguably the best broadcast duo in football with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman now in that booth. Now, they over the years, they've gone with a three-man booth. Correct. Steve Levy's out then? Yeah. He's out. Brian Greasy's now with the 49ers as their quarterback's and coach. And Lewis Riddick? He is not in it. Two-man booth with Lisa Salters on the sidelines. That makes total sense. So. That makes total sense. Yeah, it's fascinating how much money these uh, – it all started with Tony Roma, right? Yeah. He broke the bank, and then everyone else gets, tried to catch up. I think up. he gets a million per game, like seventeen million. But he's 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 got a long term deal. Have you ever watched a game based off of who was calling the game? No, no, no. no. See, I, neither I have I. I can't tell you, um, like when I if I tweet out who the crew is, who oh, I'm turning the, <laughs> and I and, and and I say, well, you can listen to the radio, and then all of a sudden the delay and all that other stuff. <laughs> but when I tweet out, um. Gus Johnson and Akeem Tlaib, man, they love it. And, you know, it's a different style. I get it. Um, so, but, yeah, it's – I I never turned in for the announcers. It's more the game. But it, it adds to it. I, I do like 
you know, these top guys. And I, I like Ian Eagle. I, I, I love the, you know, um, the different analysts on different stations. Mark Schlaris has done a really good job. So at the end of the day, you know, it's part of the broadcast. Absolutely. And the excitement as far as when you have that number one crew, it does ramp it up a little bit. But I'm like you. It's about the matchup. Who are you watching on that football field, whether it's the home team or the visiting team. And then, of course, it's just the National Football League. Everyone loves what is going on on Sundays and, of course, now Mondays as well. So day one, still a little bit quiet around Cardinals HQ. We'll see how that perhaps changes or maybe doesn't change over the next couple of days and then into the weeks to come here in mid-March. And on that note, we put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Amahandro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.